Hello, I'm Amy Smith. Welcome to The Next Page, the podcast of the United Nations Library and Archives, Geneva. So in this episode, we continue with our series Knowledge Rising, dedicated to listening to young changemakers. They have so much to say and offer, but this demographic, some 1.2 billion young people, is often disempowered, unrepresented and unheard. This is a situation that Christina Monteith, a young woman in Jamaica, realized was happening in her own country. And so she poured her passion and knowledge into creating and leading media platforms to put the voices of youth front and center, as she says, to help them be heard and to support their action. My colleague Natalie Alexander caught up with Chris to hear more about her work and her view of what youth can offer and how we can better engage with young people. Before the COVID crisis, according to the International Labour Organization, 15 to 24-year-olds already faced unemployment rates three times higher than adults. At this time then, when youth face an additional challenge from the COVID pandemic affecting their education, transition to adulthood and further impacting their job prospects, it's time to turn our attention to youth and to listen. Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for joining us on the next page. All right. Thank you for having me. It's great to speak with you. We're having this conversation online. I'm in Geneva. Chris is over in Jamaica. You're a young UN leader and also a young Jamaican. And I'm really excited to be speaking to you because I've been reading about you and your work. And there's so much exciting stuff that you're doing for your community and society, particularly through culture and media. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? And how did you come to work in the field of media, especially as it relates to youth? Yeah, so thanks for having me again. As you said, I'm Christina Monteith. I'm 26 years old. Uh, I live in rural Jamaica, you know, somewhere between the Blue Mountains and the Caribbean Sea. Um, and for the last seven years, I've been really putting my passion for culture and media at the service of people and the planet, just focusing on projects and media platforms that amplify youth voice, you know, in order to spark youth civic engagement. So on that front, I'm the creative producer of Talk Up Radio, which is a public radio program in Jamaica tackling global, social and political issues with a team of young people. So when I was 19, I managed to convince the executive producer of an amazing youth platform in Jamaica to hire me as a writer for a school tour they were about to do. So for about three months, we were visiting different high schools and I got to spend my time just having my worldview completely blown apart. You know, listening to students speaking up about the issues they were dealing with, uh, from crime and violence to mental health. Um, I also got to watch these young people challenging authority, whether it was their parents or, you know, the school or the government, sometimes even disagreeing with each other and <laughs> still working to find solutions. You know, and I heard them talk about what it actually meant to, you know, be listened to and to be asked how they felt about things and what they want. 
And so, and I could see the government and the UN agencies and advocacy organizations that accompanied us on these tours, working with the school administrators to take action on these issues and to support the students. And I could watch Empress, Empress Golding, our executive producer, lead the discussions and uplift and inspire these young people to continue to be agents of change. So, you know, after spending a whole day just being absolutely inspired, I would come home and comb through the audio files and pick out the highlights, which would then become the YouTube videos shared across the world and the articles that helped to further amplify the voices of these student, students, you know, to decision makers. And that experience was really formative for me. The work I did, the information and the people I was exposed to, the ways I was mentored as the youngest member of the team, it really made it clear to me that I wanted my work to be about using my skills to create and to support anyone making a difference in people's lives. So since then, I've, you know, radio, television, directed videos, written screenplays, <laughs> articles, songs, I've voice acted, I've managed projects. It doesn't really matter what it is. <laughs> You know, I've designed communication strategies, but it's always been around supporting youth voice and turning that into youth action. And, you know, wherever anybody is doing that, and, you know, I'm invited to be a part of it. I'm so eager to jump to it because I absolutely believe in it. I've seen it work both in my own life and in the lives of young people that we've been able to do it for since. So that is something that I'm 100% passionate about. Incredible. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about Talk Up Radio and, and Talk Up Youth. Did I, did I pronounce that right? How would you pronounce yes, it? Yes, you did. <laughs> Incredible. No age. Yes. <laughs> I've been practicing. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit more about it. You've just explained it to us, which is, which is great. What, what is the mission of, of the program, the two initiatives? What are some projects you're working on at the moment? All right. So the core of Talk Up Youth has always been giving the youth a voice. It's not to say that young people don't have voices. It's just we recognize that there has been a lack of space for youth voice, you know, in mainstream media, in government, that kind of thing. So we've carved out a space where young people are the priority, right? So when it was created in 2010 by Empress Golding, who is a Jamaican entrepreneur, the objective was to recognize the inherent value of the youth perspective and to create spaces for youth voice, you know, because the world, like I said, the world sends a very clear message to young people that we matter less, we know less, that we are to be present for the photo op, but not at the decision-making table. And so Talk of Youth rejects that idea and begins with the premise that, you know, you can't fix youth issues without first talking to young about these issues. And so every project, every platform created since the television show has continued to champion that cause. Whether it's the radio show, which is entirely youth-led, or the school tours, or the UNDEF-funded Youth Empowerment Through Dialogue project, um, which we use to connect over a thousand young people with their elected officials and provide them with civic education and advocacy training. Every single project and platform that we've done has always been about putting young people front and center and, you know, helping them to understand that despite the messages of the world, they are valuable, regardless of where they come from or what they have or do not have. It's always been about recognizing them. 
So before COVID-19 hit, we were actually in, you know, another round of school tours, working with girls' schools specifically. But we made the decision in March, you know, when we had our first COVID case in Jamaica to scale back um, and keep our team safe, first of all. Um, So we launched two smaller projects. One was our education series. So we were inviting teachers and experts and advanced students to do live lessons supporting students through major exams, seeing as schools are closed and Jamaica still has some challenges with digital penetration. So you'll have students in rural areas not having access to a lot of the digital, um, you know, online classes. So we tried to step in that gap a bit and support where we could. Um, but we've also been expanding our foreign correspondence project. That's been a part of Talk Up Radio from the very beginning, and it's been about helping Jamaican young people to develop a global perspective on issues, you know, building international solidarity and cooperation across borders. And we thought that was especially important during COVID-19. So we've been doing more of that kind of content, connecting young Jamaicans with youth across the region, the Caribbean region, and the globe on everything from the realities of COVID response in other countries to Black Lives Matter movements around the world, or it doesn't really matter. It's just about building solidarity and recognizing, you know, the humanity in other people and what they're going through, because it definitely gives you some perspective about what you're doing and a lot of collaborations of that kind of content. Fantastic. I did want to ask you about that because I've been looking at the different uh, radio programs and also the YouTube videos as well. And there's a range of issues that you deal with on the program from mental health to culture to feminism, but also like male stereotypes and masculinity. And of course, as you mentioned with COVID-19 also, and also the recent conversations on on the history, the present and the futures of, of Black Lives. How have young people been reacting to this changing space? So um, it's been very positive. Um, It's always been very positive. We're very grateful for that. But, you know, we're also we've also created the kind of space where young people feel comfortable uh, suggesting topics, telling us what they would like to hear. And so we definitely incorporate that into what we do going forward. You know, they trust that the space exists for them, that it's theirs. And, you know, every time they tune in, they hear people like them speaking about issues that they can relate to and that they're experiencing and they hear you know young people working to fix those issues and it definitely goes a very long way in building that kind of trust that is very important if you want to engage in any change making because what we found is that when you when young people trust that you're working for them and you're putting their interest, you know, at the forefront of what you do. They're very much more interested in participating. They're very much more, you know, they take a sort of ownership over it and they believe that it exists for them, which is what we always wanted. So, you know, we just keep finding ways to ensure that the pool is wide enough that we're, you know, reaching out to rural Jamaica, ensuring that young people anywhere have access to this kind of space. Yeah. How have you seen it giving not just like a voice for youth, but an actual place in society that's not just a bit of participation here or maybe a segment here, but actually participating in like a full way in local level decision making, but also like national and global issues? You know, that's been interesting because, you know, Talk Up Youth has our own um, ideas of what participation looks like. And it doesn't always match up with what we've come to understand participation and civic engagement to look like. 
But with Talk Up Radio, I was a part of the very design from the very beginning. And as its producer, you know, I've been able to shape it and use the information that we get from our talks and from our projects to actually go back to the table, fix things. When you design with youth, not just for youth, you know, and you're strategic about engaging them when you meet them where they are and, and, you know, you get involved in that real way, we've seen where the engagement is actually stronger. So Talk Up Radio was designed with that in mind. So we often engage young people who are apathetic about social issues and we watch them evolve into awareness or concern about the issue. Sometimes we, we um, people come to us already informed and engaged and ready to go and just being able to bounce their ideas off other people around them who are also supportive and, and engaged actually helps them to take more critical positions. And through speaking up week after week, they begin to believe in their own voice. A large percentage of them create their own organizations around causes that matter to them. So, you know, we have Kevin Ellis's Inner City Youth Development Association, Chelsea Wright's Girls Who Know organization. We have Najib Spence's music under the name Jeep Lyricist or Dana Lynn Swaby's Climate Activism and her podcast, Global Yadi. And, you know, that's just a small snippet of what they go on to do. That's the model for us. It's about creating a space where young people can become activated around issues in their own ways, whatever way that looks like. Yeah. So it's about helping also young people realize they already have the capacity. You're just helping provide yeah. a space to activate that capacity. I, I've also been seeing that, you know, you don't just work on media and this space and voice for youth, but also like employment opportunities um, for youth in society. Could you share a little bit more about this? Yeah, so it was very critical from the very beginning of Talk of Youth that economic empowerment is a part of it. You know, Empress definitely believes that that is a big part of personal and national development. And she's always saying, you know, you, you can't talk to a young person about development when they're hungry. There's no, they're not going to engage with you. So you have to start with the needs that they have and build up from there. So it was very important for us that everything that we do is to, you know, ensure that we employ young people. So for the television show, for example, all the youth participants are paid. The majority of the filming crew, production assistants, photographers, all of them are young people. And the same goes for other projects. That's that's really a big part of it, just to make sure that we understand that there is no... There's no engagement with young people in a sustainable way if they're not able to actually see economic empowerment out of it. Yeah, and, and this is, should be seen in society. You've explained um, a lot about the growth of the program. It's incredible to see over the past 10 years how it's grown. Where do you see it going and evolving? What would you like to see? You know, as a young person myself, you know, I know what it feels like when I'm engaging with a system that was built first and then youth were included after. You know, it makes a lot of assumptions about what I need. And it's clear to me a lot of the times that I'm not really the priority in that space. So I never wanted to do that with Talk Up Radio. And I've been very opposed to that kind of rhetoric and thinking in Talk Up Youth. So a big part of what we've been doing is just opening up channels for young Jamaicans to tell us what they want. So just based on that, it's about going regional and global and especially making strong connections with the Jamaican diaspora and with Africa, um, you know, which has the youngest population in the world and, you know, blossoming. 
So there's a lot to be done there. But I also personally believe that there's much more to do locally in rural communities in particular. A lot of what I see in development spaces is very top down. So we think, you know, if we develop a certain city or we get this kind of foreign direct investment, it will trickle down. And I'm not confident about that. Um, I'm very much more interested in working at the grassroots level with young people to ensure that they are empowered to make change because I think they're the most vulnerable. A lot of them are, you know, at at most risks. So it's very much important for us to work at the local level as well. What happens now is we have high-level, amazing, beautifully designed programs and projects, and they're struggling to reach the ground. And they're wondering, you know, we created this for young people. Why don't they care? And they don't care because they don't see it. They don't actually feel that it's for them. So they're not going to, you know, reach out and grasp it. And, and that's true across so many sectors. So instead, I feel like you have to start in the communities, start in the left behind populations, do work to empower them and to ensure that their needs are met and that the issues that they're affected by are solved. And then you'll see all of your great projects being uplifted and taken up and supported by young people. So talk of radio, talk of you will definitely continue to work from youth from the ground upwards, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, I have to, to say, I really see that in, in your program. It's like kind of like the roots of a tree, the, the, the initiative. And now you've grown this, this amazing tree, but it's because we've come from the ground up. Absolutely. I, I wanted to talk about also the global effect of, of what you're saying as well with local level change, because I, I do very much agree with you that community level development and empowerment and change can actually change the world. And I guess it's really incredible what you've been able to, to, to achieve in Jamaica through activating the capacities of youth. So looking at it a bit in terms now of, of youth and global or societal change, what more do you think can be done to ensure young people have these spaces around the world to continue their work in society and actually bring change together with government and civil society and other actors? Yeah, so the interesting thing about this is there are a lot of spaces like Talk Up Radio and like Talk Up Butte. You know, young people are creating magnificent things every single day. They are doing whatever it is that they want to do. And there's a lot of research around this, you know, about how young people become activated around social issues and how they get involved in change making and politics and what that looks like for young people now. So my research for my master's program also explored this area. And what's clear in the information out there is that young people are just as motivated to create positive change as anyone else, perhaps even more motivated because we know the world we're inheriting. So um, what gets in the way oftentimes is the idea that civic engagement can only look like voting or joining a civil society organization. Um, and so because we refuse to meet young people where they are, 
which a lot of the times is YouTube channels discuss, discussing television shows or Instagram blogs that advocate for mental health services or in podcasts that seem to be about relationships but are actually making strides on gender equality and helping young women to see themselves as agents or book clubs and music and art and all these creative things. And so we miss out on so many of the young people who believe in the causes that we believe in and work for change every single day because it doesn't look like what we expect it to look like. And it doesn't sound the way that we expect it to, to sound. You know, one of my favorite podcasts right now is a historical podcast, just looking at different things that happen in Jamaica's history. And it is led by a young woman who's just talking. You know, she's doing a lot of research and definitely helping young Jamaicans to connect with their history. But, you know, unless you were willing to listen to her, just being herself and just saying what, you know, she feels like, you miss all of that information. And it's the same for so many amazing initiatives I've seen across the world. So... What's worse than, you know, not seeing or not recognizing uh, these types of engagement is that we don't support them. Uh, We cut funding to the arts. We don't invest in the creative industries and culture the way that we need to. Uh, We police young people's expression and we refuse to engage with them unless they come, you know, with a suit and tie or they speak uh, UN jargon. And, you know, even when they're in the suit and tie, like I said from the start, you know, they choose to only use them as a photo op and never actually put them in positions of power. So I think that is very, very easy to actually integrate all of this into government and society and bringing change together and to actually make it happen. But you have to actually listen to it people you actually have to you know even when they don't show up in the ways that you want them to and sometimes you have to go to where they are because you know they've heard over their entire lifetime that young people don't matter their voices don't matter they are less important they are you know to be put behind even when they get very much you know excited about an issue and they create an amazing platform it doesn't go the way that they want it to go. They don't see the actual change a lot of the time. So if you want to fix that, you have to listen to them. Meet them where they are. Yeah. We talked about it a bit earlier about, you know, having youth at particular segments or in random or selective ways. But in hearing your response now as well about a changing face of engagement, do you have any insights on, on what that would look like? Or it's, it's always changing, I guess. Yeah, it is always changing. Um, but like I said, you know, nowadays it it looks like blogs. It looks like YouTube channels. It looks like television shows and podcasts. It, it's all of these things that we ignore, that we don't see the actual value in. You know, you hear young people and maybe they swear a lot or maybe they seem to be talking about um, entertainment or, you know, public figures, celebrities, things that you don't care about and you think has no bearing on politics and all of that good stuff. But beneath that, young people are actively living through the issues that you're talking about. So, you know, while they might be talking about about a celebrity, the angle that they're taking on it is a social justice angle. There are also young people who do not do what you expect them to do. 
they sit on the corner with their friends and they hold a reasoning and they just work through an issue. There's all all sorts of informal spaces where young people are just carving out the actual space to create what they want to create and to talk about the issues that they care about. And, you know, like I said earlier, the research is so strong on this, on civic engagement and civic imagination. The idea that anything that is helping young people to imagine themselves as a part of a process and to see themselves as possible change makers is a very big part of democracy, is a very big part of getting to the world that we want to get to. And doing that and showing young people that who they are matters to us, you know, who they, their entire selves, when you come in to talk about civic engagement or about some social issue, come with your full self, come with your loving dancehall or loving hip hop and come, come fully actualized as a person. Uh, talk of radio, talk of you, we definitely try so hard to, to perpetuate that sort of attitude of come as you are, whatever it is that you care about, we're open to it. And so we just want to see that, you know, being something that everybody else embraces. Such interesting insights there and the research. Thank you for sharing. I love this idea of civic imagination. It is my really cool. favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit that, I mean, when I was choosing my thesis, um, what to do, I definitely wanted it to reflect the personal insights I've had over like my work and that kind of thing. And I was doing it in the UK and working with uh, youth agencies um, and organizations, youth-led organizations, media platforms in the UK. And I remember just reading through the books on civic media. And when I met the term civic imagination, I was like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> this is actually it. <laughs> it is being able to imagine that you could be a change maker, that you could, the things that hurt you about the society you live in, you can actually imagine something better. And, and that being a valid part of what we do going forward, you know, we don't, we don't listen to youth ideas. And ideas are so critical. When a young person is encouraged to dream about what the future could look like, it is, it is such a critical first step in getting them to want to actually join and to, to take action. But if they don't even believe that their ideas are valid, if they don't even believe that, you know, solutions that they come up with can actually have global impact that you won't get the next level you won't get the rest of it they'll just choose to focus on other things so civic imagination is so important to me it is yeah, yeah. a capacity to to imagine a better world yes yeah i'm really glad to see your passion you are one of the UN Young Leaders for the Sustainable Development Goals. We've been chatting with a few of the young leaders and it's been incredible to hear your different insights and all the incredible work you're doing at your level and, and just globally. What are your priorities as a UN Young Leader for the SDGs? What do you want to see achieved or changed as we, as we think about multilateralism? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I am so inspired by the other SDG Young Leaders. Each and every one of them is doing something amazing and it's definitely opened my eyes to possibilities and we're very, you know, happy to have been able to collaborate with a lot of them and to share their work and their ideas via our platform. So that's been a big part of what we do. Thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time to speak with us. I really wish you all the best as you continue the work for Talk Up Youth and Talk Up Radio. 
where can we find out more on social media about what you do? All right. So we are at, well, I'm at Chris X Monteef on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can learn more about my work at my website, ChrisiaMonteef.com. Um, Talk of Youth is at Talk of Youth on Twitter and Instagram. So that's T-A-L-K-U-P-Y-O-U-T, no H. Um, and you can watch previous episodes on YouTube at Talk of Youth as well. So we're all over social media. Fantastic. We'll make sure to have the links in, in the show notes and really encourage any of, any of our listeners to go listen to the radio show and also watch the TV, the, the YouTube channel, because it's really fascinating and will hopefully give you some own, your own inspiration as well. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. What would you like our audience to remember from from this conversation? Basically, all of our hopes, everything that we want in terms of a better world, a more equal world, you know, where quality of life and justice are guaranteed for every person. All of that requires strategy and it begins with the people who've been left behind. So, yeah, start with yourself. Start with the smallest, start with the most vulnerable. I think that the ethos behind everything I do and something that I'd want everybody to think about. Thank you, Chris. An incredible way to end. I wish all power to you and your team as you continue your good work. Thank you.